Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Jimena Cortez, a LinkedIn and search engine marketing consultant. Her company, Wizard Media, provides an average ROI of 300% or more for her clients. Her work has been featured on Entrepreneur.com, Forbes.com, and today she's here to share with us some of her best-kept tips and secrets for building a business using LinkedIn and SEO. Tamina, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to speak with you again. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yeah, no, it's an honor and a pleasure. We've spoken a couple of times, and it's always been very pleasant and enjoyable. And I'm just really proud of what you've been doing. I've kind of seen your progress as you've gone along. So uh, it's exciting for me to have you on here and have us kind of share your story a little bit. So for the people that don't know your story, I mean, were you always an online marketing wizard, or how did you even get online in the first place? Yeah, you know, I I came out of my room with, like, the idea for Facebook. It was awesome. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, you know, I really got online. Uh, it was more of, a, more of a lifestyle thing. Like I've always been attracted by you know, being able to work from home and and just like the the online business lifestyle and being able to um, you know make more money and uh, I just I don't know. I was always just attracted to technology and what's new because it's never boring. So you know, the, the way that I got into my business was uh, I started working for you know, friends of mine that already had online businesses, and I, when I went to work for them, uh, some guy, for example, had an ad network, and so I, I got into that as they learning the business and helping him get publishers and things like that, and moved on to then, you know, start on the other side of things, uh, running traffic for advertisers, um, and during all this time, I was always, you know, reading online forums and teaching myself things to the point where, while I was working for that advertiser, I mean, I was running anywhere from two to $400,000 a month on mobile ads that I was managing, um, but I wanted to have my own business, so I was like, well, I don't have the kind of money to spend like these guys do on advertising. What can I do uh, to get my own traffic to my own website and not have to spend so much money? So that's how I got into SEO. I, I pretty much taught myself SEO and made my website, and then I was like, wow, I could do this for people. And, you know, there's so many SEO companies out there that and, – and I actually hired one because I didn't want to learn SEO initially. I was like, I know so I have enough to worry about with paid ads. I can't have another thing in my brain. Right. Um, but then these guys that I hired ended up not doing anything. So I was like, well, if I had to do it myself, and I did, and I really enjoyed the process and, most importantly, like how powerful that is. I mean, if you really – sit there and, and think about it. I mean, I know a lot of people think, oh, SEO is old, SEO is dead, SEO is this. It's almost like a four-letter word a lot of, a lot of times <laughs> in the internet marketing community. But when you can get a website to the top of Google for a keyword that a customer would type to find you, I just don't know 
what more of a powerful marketing strategy you possibly have. Like, how much more targeted can you get? And I don't think mm. it's possible. That's, like, the most powerful real estate, I think, for business. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, SEO has long been, I mean, it's free. It's not like, like a mall, you know, they say location, location, location. So if, you know, you live in a town and you're in the mall, like the mall, right, you don't have to do a lot of marketing. <laughs> you just have to be there with what the people are looking for, right, and let them come to right. you. So in a lot of ways, online is like that. And I know what you mean. People are saying, like, it's dead and X, Y, Z. And a lot of that's been because of the evolutions and all the different, uh, like, the different slaps that Google's rolled out. But <clears throat> something that I think really, and you probably agree with me on this, that stands the test of time is Google will never reprimand you for putting out um, uh, amazing quality original content relevant to what yeah. people are looking for, right? So a lot of these slaps, you hear about the Google slap and this and that, a lot of it affected people who were doing things that were, like, keyword stuffing, right, in the header and trying to put their keyword on their page more and make it the same color as the background. Uh, people that are doing link farms where they're having all sorts yeah. of, like, yeah, fake links put to their site to try to, you know, to, to artificially boost their ranking. So <clears throat> what are some of the challenges that to SEO right now, like, for a lot of people? Because if you know, like, hey, I've got a site, you know, like, for example, I, I have a client. She's got a site, you know, she's going to be launching with PR and paid traffic, already has it converting, but she knows SEO wants to be her long tail strategy. How, like, how do you climb the ranking? If everyone's already trying to get ahead in SEO, how do you, how do you, how do you, like, what do you do? Um, well, first of all, a lot of it, and this is just really good for your business, too, is doing that market research. So, you know, in SEO, you call it keyword research, but it's really market research. Just want to try to figure out. Um, what are the best phrases that you can target um, for people to find you? And it's not always, you know, just like the obvious money keywords, but it might be questions that people type in or related searches or, for example, like if you're a dentist, right, um, a lot of people, what's the first question people have when they're thinking about getting dental work? What is this going to cost? So a lot of times you can rank very easily in a local market without doing anything else but just having a blog post that says, what is, you know, in this align going to cost and just do the on-page correctly to tag it, you know, for Las Vegas and this line or whatever. Um, and that in and of itself, in some markets that are not competitive, it can be enough to rank for that particular place. And now you're getting the people. If you're asking yourself what something's going to cost, you're in the market to buy it. So that's, you know, it's just doing that market research and figuring out what are the best long-term phrases that I could um, that I can tell you that are not going to be very competitive that I can make for right now by writing articles and then sharing that content. So, I mean, a lot of what we do for our clients is I don't even like to call it SEO. It's more like brand marketing because we're blogging for you every month. We're doing your market research. We're creating videos. We're getting those videos ranked on YouTube. We're ranking the videos on Google as well. And the way that we're doing that is we're sending, you know, we're using your email list to send the videos to your customers. Now you're getting views. You're getting people to share it on social media. We're sharing it on your social media. Um, you know, it's, it's getting spread everywhere. And when that happens, it starts to rank on Google as well. Uh, the same thing with your website. So it's just really building your branding online over time that makes you a real authority. And when you're an authority, you get higher rankings. And then, of course, you know, having a good customer experience because, you know, people land on your website and leave right away. Google's going to look at you as a low-quality site. They're not going to rank you highly. But if people land on your website, they click around, they visit a few pages, they stay there long enough, that's going to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because, <clears throat> you know, 
there are a lot of parallels between real offline shopping and what online uh, companies are trying to do. So I love what you just said, and I want to drill down on this. So first of all, a couple of things that you mentioned. So one was the keyword research and what people are looking for, and that, that being a buying motive. What a lot of people don't realize is, like you said, it's not just market research, it's thought research. When I go into Google, I put my, I take the what I'm thinking out of my head and I put it into Google search. Usually you can't do that. When someone comes into your store and they're looking around, you're like, hey, can I help you? They're not going to tell you exactly what they're thinking. You know what I mean? Like they're not putting in their deep-seated secrets. Like they're not going to put that out there. They don't want to say it. People might hear them, what their problem is, right? They don't want to tell you that they're having a gas problem or, you know what I mean? Like, it, like nobody wants to say that. Like, hey, I've been really gassy this week. I'm looking for something. For like no one's going to be like, I'm looking for digestive enzymes, right? Something like that. So, it's really hard to get that candid, and I'm glad you're laughing because it's true. It's really hard to get that candid, like what people are really thinking and really looking for, and that's one of the things that makes online marketing, especially keyword marketing and SEO marketing, so powerful. So that was a really important one to mention. And the second part, so like when you said, how much does something cost? That is a buying thought, right? You're looking to buy. You're wanting to research what it's going to cost you. The next thing which I like what you said about was Google rewarding people if they're spending time on your site. And that's a huge thing, and that's part of why we talked about why I mentioned in the beginning, like Google will never reprimand you for putting out great quality content, right? They're like, it's never, they're never going to be like shame you for giving away amazing stuff. Because what's the difference between window shopping and actually shopping? When you window shop, you don't touch anything. You just walk around. So when you said that, that like a light bulb went off my head. I'm like, this girl gets it because you're right. You're totally right. If they're not engaging with your content, they just come and go. If there's nothing that's keeping them there and holding them there, then they're just window shopping. And get, Google is in the business of showing ads to people, and to show them ads, they need to be on the site and engage for longer. So, yeah, I love that. That's really, really good, uh, good sound advice that will stand the test of time as far as we've seen so far. So... Now, how did you get, like, that's the SEO game, but how, where does LinkedIn come into, into the picture? Well, it, it, it was kind of through SEO. So, you know, when I first started my company, um, the reason why I started was, you know, that advertiser I was working for, they were an Bulgarian company, and so they, this is back when I was living in LA, so they were like, well, it's, you know, this back in, like, 2011, you know, the, the economy wasn't great back then and all that stuff. They were looking for ways to save money. So they were going to move their offices um, all back to Bulgaria and just have the team there. They could pay them, you know, a lot less to do the same job I was doing. Um, so they decided to do that, and so I was left with no job. And so I had, you know, two options. I could get another marketing job or I could start my own business. And at that point, I felt like I was ready to start my own business. I knew I had these skills that were valuable, and I knew that I could provide, you know, real results to people, and that in and of itself would make me successful. So... I went ahead and did that, but the problem was, you know, like I said, I see it was kind of like a four-letter word with those three letters. Um, it was really hard to sell. I mean, like the first six months, I only got one client because I was going out around town to business networking events, trying as hard as I could to get clients. I didn't really have, you know, a track record except for, you know, the site that I had ranked for myself. I didn't have all these, like, case studies or any, anything. So it was it was just really hard to get clients. So finally, I was like, ready to throw in the towel. I started applying to get jobs, and I started networking on LinkedIn. I was like, well, heck, everything else hasn't worked. Might as well try this too. I mean, my target audience is not there. Let's see what happens. You know. So you know, within two weeks of 
being on LinkedIn and really trying, you know, I was putting out content, I was connecting with people, I was participating in groups. Um, within two weeks of doing that, I got an SEO client. And this mm. person actually had reached out to me because he saw the stuff that I was saying in the groups that I was in and he wanted to know more and he signed up. And I was like, that's really when like the light bulb went off and I was like, wow, six months of networking around town and, and getting frustrated and, you know, spending hours trying to figure out how I'm going to get clients and doing all the stuff that isn't working, two weeks of being on here and I got a client versus six months, you know, it just, it was night and day. So I decided mm-hmm. to really focus on LinkedIn and, and have that be my, my lead generation strategy to grow my company and not need to go out and get a job. And, you know, four years later, here I am. So I guess it works. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I love that. So you started networking online and you started generating leads off of it and then you turned that into a business. Very, very, yeah. very, very cool. So where do you think a lot of people go wrong when they're trying to do it? Because obviously you figured it out and you were, you know, you were figuring out a way to make it work and generate leads. How do people, like, where do people, a lot of people go wrong? Because I get people hitting me up all the time. In fact, even before this call, I had three people message me uh, that I didn't know on Facebook and I'm trying to be polite because I get a lot of outreach from fans and stuff. So I was like, hey, and they're like, hey, email me here. And right away I know, like, yeah. you know, you spam me. Like, so what do people, you know, like, what are, I guess, what are the common, like, big wrong things people do? Well, it's just exactly what you said. I mean, they're being very obvious about the fact that they're not trying to provide any value to you, get to know you, do anything for you. They're just like, hey, here's my stuff, go buy it. I mean, I, mean, I always take, you know, the – the, like you're out of a real party example. Like social media is a real party except for it's a virtual party. You're not going to be at, let's say, on Thanksgiving, right, uh, which that's coming up next week. Um, you're not going to be talking to people there and being like, hey, my name is, you know, Daryl. Would you like to buy this course that I just put together? And they're going to be like, no. But if you've been, you know, talking for an hour and you have a course and the subject comes up and people are asking you questions, they're like, oh, that's interesting. Well, what is this thing called? Where can I get it? Now you can sell it and they might actually buy it because you've had a conversation about it. So it's the same thing on social media. You want to, um, and the way that you do that is you just provide value. How do you provide value? It's through great content. So they kind of like SEO and LinkedIn kind of work together as well because through everything, you're leveraging content marketing and you're using that content to show people that you know what you're talking about. You're showing them what kind of results they can expect to get um, by working with you. And if you're putting this content in front of the right target audience, their interest is going to be peaked and they're going to want to know more. And once you get them wanting to know more, that's when you can say, hey, would you like to have, you know, maybe like a quick conversation about how we can work together. And people on LinkedIn are much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Receptive or? Yeah, that's a great word. They're much more accepted of getting on the phone, even with somebody that they've maybe just had two interactions with or one interaction with, because they can see your work background and they can see what you're doing. Um, they might see, oh, this looks like a person I want to work with. They're, I've just had like, a very big acceptance to people wanting to get on the call with me or wanting to know more versus if I was trying to do that on Facebook, people would be like, what's wrong with this person? I don't know you. I don't, you know. It's just mm. a different mindset. People are there for business, and if you show value in that sense and that's your target audience and they're interested in what you do, then they're going to say, yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's see how we can make something happen. 
Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So LinkedIn to phone is a really good model. That's what you're saying. Oh, great model. Yeah. Great. I mean, I use LinkedIn for, for webinars as well and to grow my list. I, I use it for these magnets. I mean, you can use it to grow your list or to get sales appointments, but consistently, you know, if you're trying to get sales appointments and selling something a little bit more high end, it works really well. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So what does someone need when they go to get started on LinkedIn? If someone's looking to get up and running, they're like, yeah, I've got a LinkedIn account. I mean, I've got, I don't even know how many people. I've got probably over a 1,000, you know, but I'm not on there that much. I don't engage that much. So someone's like, I have an account. I want to get started. I mean, what, what do you need to kind of get up and running? You really want to think about your goals. And, again, it all goes back to that market research, why you're doing what you do, who's your customer. So, And the reason why you want to have, you know, your perfect customer profile really figured out is because when you go to create your, your profile, your profile is like your foundation. It's like your website. So the information that you put on your profile really shouldn't be, you know, the last 10 jobs that you've had. I mean, that's absolutely boring. It looks like everybody else, and it doesn't show me the prospect why I should connect with you or why you're of any value to me. So when you know exactly who you're going after, you can tailor your profile to speak to those people and just write your profile like a sales letter, not like a resume. So I'll give you a great example of a client that we just started working with, and his campaign is just doing ridiculously well. And it's all because we have the right copy on his profile and we're going after the right target audience. So, uh, for example, this person, uh, what, what they do is they have a product where um, it's genetic testing. And so, you know, you, they, they test your saliva for your DNA and then they see, based on your genetic makeup, uh, what would be your ideal um, weight plan, and any meal plan, and exercise plan, right? Mm-hmm. So. We, so in this profile, we just talk about the results that people on this program have received and how doctors are, are using this to um, add revenue to their practices and, and uh, really add value to their patients. Mm-hmm. So when we started reaching out to doctors, that would be a really great fit to sell their, their kits, their DNA testing kits, um, without even doing much else, people are reading his profile and they're like, oh, my God, how can I talk to you? I, I want to do this for my patients. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just putting the right message in front of the right target audience. And when we connect with them, we're not asking for an appointment. We're not asking to sell them anything. We're just like, hey, uh, here's a, uh, a blog post that, that I wrote. Based on what you do, I thought you'd find value in it because it talks about, you know, this and that. Um, let me know what you think. That's right. it. You're providing value. You're talking. You're not asking for anything. And it's the right target audience that are very interested. So how do you... I love what you just said, and I think that's all brilliant. I really, really do. I have a question about how do you turn your profile into a sales letter? I love the idea. I love the concept. And I've always thought that actually, um, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about how they got started, like you, I cut my teeth in marketing trying to find work for myself as well. And I got out of writing resumes a long time ago before I even knew what a sales letter was. So I'm just curious to hear you kind of expand on a little bit, if if you could, please. Yeah, so, I mean, this this takes the the first uh, part of your profile, which is your headline, right? Most people will say, I'm the CEO of XYZ company. I'm like, okay, so if I see that on LinkedIn, this person is the CEO of whatever company, I don't know what that company does, why I should care. I mean, it it provides no value to me as the prospect. And you just look like everybody else if I find you in a search or if I find you in a group. 
So instead of saying CEO of whatever, um, you could say something like, I help clients, you know, triple their business within 90 days guaranteed. Now I'm like, huh, but what does this guy do? How can he triple my business? So now I want to click on it and find out more. And so now you've got the interest peak, and then you just talk more about that in your summary and your experience. So, for example, like in my summary, um, it's a small sampling of the different uh, results that I've, you know, created for other companies and um, what's led me to where I am today. And then in the uh, experience section, it's a bunch of case studies of actual clients that I've worked with, uh, both in SEO and in LinkedIn, so that when people read that, they're like, oh, wow, I want that result. Uh, let me see when talk to her and see what happens. Um, I don't put all the jobs I've had and all this stuff because it's all about me and no one cares. People care about what you can do for them. It's all about them. And when you okay. write your copy that way, they're going to be more interested in wanting to do business. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm I'm taking notes. I love this. This is good. I'm learning. <laughs> no, that's perfect because I love it. Um, so, all right. So you're up and running. You're generating leads. You're getting your first clients, obviously, for SEO and now for LinkedIn generation. What have been some of your challenges in growing your business? I mean, you've been on Entrepreneur.com and Forbes, and, you know, you've, you've done some work for some heavyweight people. So have there been challenges in growing and scaling your company up? Oh, my God. There's challenges every day. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. People always see, like, the, the good side of things, especially when you do an interview, right? You talk about all the successes and all this amazing stuff, and it's right. great. But, no, it's it's challenging. I mean, first of all, um, you know, the difference between a business and a job, there's a job. You know, you can go from 9 to 5, go home and turn it off, and you don't care, uh, you know, as much. I mean, if you don't you lose that job, you can go get another one. Uh, but a business, that's it's all consuming. It's in your head 24-7. There's no running away from it. So uh, just from the time aspect, um, I definitely work uh, a lot harder. Um, and people don't realize how much work goes into it because besides taking care of my clients, I've got to take care of, you know, my own marketing and I've got to take care of my finances and, and laws that govern my business. That's, you know, a big pain in the butt, all this paperwork, and then you got to take care of your employees and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, checking with them. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's like, like it's, all, it's all consuming. Um, I guess that the biggest challenges I've had has really come in the way of uh, just really looking at your finances and make sure that you don't overspend and then you, you keep your costs down and, and profits high. Really look at that because it's really easy, especially when money's coming in to just mm-hmm. overspend and mm-hmm. you made all this money and you didn't make anything. You're like, well, where did it all go? <laughs> so that was something that year one was a, was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then also, you, you know, just keep, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what you keep and then what you do with what you keep. So now I'm really getting into, okay, taking the money that I have and, and all the savings and how can I turn this into wealth now? Well, you got to start investing it and you got to look at taxes and what is, you know, uh, going to help you with your taxes, not hurt you. What are the best investments for that kind of thing? There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. Um, but another really big challenge, and I think most uh, business owners can um, really relate to this, especially as your business is growing, you, know, you can't scale by yourself. Eventually, you will need to hire people to to help you do things so that you can take the business to the next level. And that is a whole other set of challenges because now you're dealing with people and, and payroll and a whole other set of laws, and that's, 
just, uh, it's a lot, but those are my challenges, basically. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Well, no, that's okay. Cause so, how have you been overcoming those? What have you strategies have you taken to try to try to rise above those challenges? Um, yeah, really, it goes down to your network. I mean, and I think your network uh, in business is extremely important, and just really connecting with people and masterminding with people that have been there, done that, or that can help you. I mean. I can provide value to people in the sense where I can help them with their SEO or their, or their LinkedIn. There's people that have grown, that I'm really good friends with, that have grown businesses, you know, much bigger than mine, and I ask them, like, what do you do in this situation, or what can you do here? I mean, I, every time I hit a challenge, I I'm feel very lucky in that fact that I've really taken the time to network with uh, a lot of great people, um, and I do get the help I need, you know, when I come across these challenges, and then... In addition to that, um, always keep feeding your mind as much as you can because you are your most valuable asset. So, mm. you know, I I really take into consideration time for book reading. Like, in my calendar, if something's not in my calendar, it doesn't get done. So now in my calendar, I have, you know, at least 30 minutes a day for reading, whether it's something on investing or on growing your team or on marketing, something that's helping me, uh, you know, take my business to the next level. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. And those are so well said. So the book you don't own, you can't read. The book you don't read can't help you. I read this great quote the other day. It was, what was it? Let me give me a second to see if I can find it. But I just thought it was so smart because I've been a lifelong been a lifelong learner, and I've always felt that lifelong learning is the way to go. And I know some people, they go to school, they get their degrees, they graduate, all that stuff, and then they're like done. And then they're just kind of, quote, quote, they say they're getting into the real world, and they stop learning. And I don't know how you can hope to survive and exist that way. The quote was, oh, my page is loading, but I'm, I'm such a firm believer that lifelong learning, because you have to invest in yourself. You have to trust your gut instinct. You have to be able to train yourself to be able to, to just be able to make the right decision and not be afraid to make mistakes as well. I think that's really, really, really important. And I love that you were so candid about the fact that you've had challenges because a lot of people will want to come and just make it look like it was all sunshine and rainbows when the reality is, is that a lot of times it's not, right? And it's, it's overcoming those. And it's the pressure. Pressure is what makes diamonds. Pressure is what causes growth. Competition, those close calls, forces you to rise above and become greater than you are. So I uh, commend you for sharing that. Yeah, that, that was so well said, too. And, and here's the other thing. I, I just have personally have always enjoyed learning, and I've always enjoyed reading. So I almost, I don't, like, I don't feel as good if, you know, maybe I'm really tired one day or I don't I don't get my, my 30 minutes in. Um, I just, I, I don't feel as good the next day. I'm, I'm, like, yearning for what I could learn in that book, and I feel like uh, a lot of the success that I've had has come from, you know, what I've said my mind with. Mm. Um, if I hadn't done that, then I would definitely struggled a lot more. Or when those challenges come, it would have been a lot harder to to get out of them because a lot of a lot of success is really just mindset. How do you handle this challenge? Do you curl up in a ball and just say, you know, screw it all, or do you like take a breath and like mm -hmm. figure out a solution? And a lot of times you really want to curl up into that little ball, but then you just do that for a little bit and then you come out with the with the solution and then you're fine. Mm, I agree. 
I, I forget. I, his name was Chris, and I wish I knew his last name so I'd give him props. But I was in a mastermind group, and he said it, and I thought it was so brilliant, and I've, I've just kept it ever since, and I try to give him credit whenever I can. Warrior training guy, friend of Marcy Walk, he said it's about your skill set, your mindset, and your environment. And I was like, that's it. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Your skill set, and that's why you have to constantly learn. That's why you have to constantly be evolving and investing in yourself and growing yourself because the skill set you've got, what is it? Einstein has a quote about, you know, a problem of today cannot be solved with the same level of thinking that created it. And the same thing, like you need to grow and evolve as your business is going to grow because you're going to need to learn how to take on more challenges. Skill set, mindset, and environment. And those are so important because if your environment is holding you back, you're being held back. You can, you know, if you, it's, it's no, if you, you don't have to be a crackhead, but if you have nine, your nine closest friends are crackheads, you're going to have crackhead problems, right? You don't need to be a crackhead to have exactly. crackhead problems. So I think that skill set, mindset, environment, like you said, are really, really, really important. This is the quote. It said, in times of change, learners inherit the earth while the learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. And that was Eric Hoffman. Or following the ones that, that did all the learning. <laughs> right, right. Taking orders. Yeah, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. So very well said and very well brought together. So um, what do you usually recommend to people if they come to you and they're, like, wanting to get started, but maybe they're not ready to get started with your business, like, you know, and get ready to start with LinkedIn? Like, what do you usually recommend to people who are just getting up and running with, with, with trying to get, you know, more lead generation and more sales coming in through something something like SEO or LinkedIn? Yeah, so I actually uh, created a, a course which has all of my, you know, LinkedIn lead generation strategies. I mean, it's got templates that I use, the messages that I've proven to work, and actual, like, messaging campaigns so we put people into, like, an actual, like, three, four message campaign so that we can nurture the lead, um, the tracking sheets that we use. I mean, this course literally has everything. So if you just want to do it yourself or if you want to give it to your sales team and have them do it, um, I have my course uh, listed on Udemy now. And um, I actually did a special for, for your audience, Daryl. So if you just go to wizardmedia.net uh, forward slash Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L, um, then uh, I'm giving everybody a discount on the course, too, because I saw the course for $297 um, when they get it through you um, or people through listening to this interview. Um, they get $100 off, so there's a few $197, and it's going to teach you everything, you know, from profile, how to optimize your profile, how to figure out your target audience, how to find them, how to connect with them, how to message them, and how to track it all, and also how to outsource the whole thing because LinkedIn marketing can be a little time-consuming. So if you don't have that kind of time, I show you how to find the right outsourcer and give them all the instructions to do your campaign for you so that you only get involved when somebody's like, yes, I want to talk to you. <laughs> that was so perfectly timed. I swear for the audience that was not pre-planned or pre-scheduled at all. I'm sorry, you made a URL? I didn't even know, like, audience is 100% candid. First of all, I wouldn't bring her on the show if I didn't believe in what she does. But second of all, I didn't know you were going to do that, and I didn't know I had a URL. So, uh, but let's give that again. It's wizardmedia.net slash Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L. Hats off to you. That's, like, the first time anyone's come prepared like that. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Well, actually, you know, I'm doing an interview. People, are gonna, people always ask me this stuff, like, well, how can I learn this? I'm like, well, go over there and learn it. It's on Udemy. You know, um, that link right there just actually just takes you to the um, like the actual like Udemy page, and it already has the coupon code put in it. Like the coupon code is just Daryl. So if you don't, if you like to find it, then that's how you do it. 
Um, so I, I don't give this out to just anybody, but I do know if somebody finds this interview, you took the time to sit here and learn and, and listen to me. I want to give to you somehow. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Uh, so you're not, you don't have other Daryls you're going to be interviewing after this call, no? <laughs> um, not, not that I have anything coming up anytime soon, no. <laughs> so, I usually I actually don't do that many uh, that many interviews. I usually just, uh, you know, I'm always just on LinkedIn or I'll do webinar trainings here and there, but that's mostly it. Mm, 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 mm. So, all right, well, thank you for the offer, but still moving forward with what you've accomplished, again, for a lot of people, they might look up to you and be like, wow, that's amazing. I want to get my business to that level, or I want to get that sort of notoriety. Do you feel that you've had habits that have helped you on your path to success that have really kind of, you know, been the foundation of what you've been able to accomplish? Yeah, I definitely think that um, just being very organized, especially when you own your own business, it's really easy to um, to forget things. You have so many things going on. So I just put everything on a calendar, like everything that needs to be accomplished for that day or for that week. It just all goes in the calendar. If it's not in the calendar, it doesn't get done. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'll give you an example of this. And I've had certain things that I've been wanting to accomplish for a while, and I mean, I had it written down in this big like, sheet that had all my goals, but it just it wasn't getting done. And the reason why it wasn't getting done is because I wasn't prioritizing time for it during my during my week. So it's just really about figuring out the ways that you can be the most productive. So whatever is your most productive time, like for some people, you know, that's in the morning. For other people, that might be at night. Block that time out to work on your stuff and your business. And then, you know, just block different times out that are for different things like meetings, phone calls, you know, this stuff, that stuff, you know, talking to your employees, whatever it might be. Um, just block those times out because if you don't do that, then you'll be just responding to emails all day and then just taking the day as things hit you. And then the actual, like, projects that are long-term goals, they don't get accomplished unless they get fit into those optimal times where mm. nobody can uh, distract you. So that's been huge for me, especially as I've had, you know, more projects thrown at me. I've really had to be very militant uh, with my time and, and how that's spent. Mm, 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 mm-hmm. In fact, there's a great book. It's uh, Time Management for Entrepreneurs by Dan Kennedy. That's a great book. Highly recommend it. Um, I I'm, I fully agree with you. Jim Rohn's got a great quote where, and actually I have it pop up on my phone as a reminder literally every single morning, and it's never begin your day until you finish it on paper. And that's Jim Rohn who said that. And I love that because I plan out my day 30-minute blocks. I wake up every day. I don't get it done every day, but I write down three goals for the day. So I've got – I do the – do uh, sometimes I do the five-minute journal. Sometimes I do a moderation of it. But I always try and have, like, today, if I only get three big things done, what are the three big things I'm going to do? And I make those my three goals. And then when I sit down at the beginning of the day with my assistant, we literally schedule my day, my entire day, in 30-minute blocks, literally from – at least until I've, like, written off. Tonight it's going – it went from 6.30 a.m. until 8 p.m., 30-minute blocks, and then you just fight like a dog to stay on schedule and to get things done. And you don't always, but like you said, like you just follow yeah. it, right? You just, it's, it's you know, you're never going to get there. You're never going to be like, I have mastered time management for the rest of my life. No, you're on the wagon today. You're on the wagon today. I don't know if that's the right term or not, but whatever. You're on the wagon today. That's how you get around, right? So I imagine that you want to be on the wagon. So you're on the wagon today. You're going places, but you never know. Tomorrow you might fly off, and then you got to get back on the wagon. And um, that's a really, really, really good tip because 
Elon Musk. I was just watching an interview with Elon Musk, and he says, you oh, know, love him. Yeah, he's like, he is such an advocate. He's like, you know, it's really not good for, like, for, for uh, quality of life balance. You know, he's like, but you put in, if you put in 100 hours a week and your competitors put in 50 hours a week, you're going to get twice as much done with your company in a year, and you're just going to, you're going to outwork them. And that is, like, one of my favorite quotes uh, from martial arts, hard work will always beat talent when talent refuses to work hard. And that's so true. You know, um, it's so, so, so true. So I think that's a really yeah. You definitely have to worry about uh, burnout, though. Um, so at the end of the day, you're doing this to, to have a better quality of life, and if all you're doing is just working all the time and you're getting yourself to the point where you get sick because you overwork yourself, then that's not a life that anybody really wants to have anyway. And that's that's, that's another you know, thing that, that you learn as you go. Um, but just on the productivity point, like I usually will do it, on Sunday night, I'll plan out my whole week because I'll look at the goals and what has to happen, what has to get done. Mm-hmm. You know, that gets scheduled in, and then what I want to get done, that gets scheduled in. And I've noticed that even if I do that, let's say, like, on Monday morning, and I plan out my week then, it just wastes so much of that morning that could have been done something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just feel like that whole week is just so less productive than if I do it on Sunday night. Like, there's real key is do it on Sunday night as everybody's winding down just, like, Around 9 p.m., I'll go in there and I'll figure out my week. It's about 45 minutes. Um, but if I don't do it on that day, it just, like, messes up the entire week for some reason. Right, right, right. Well, no, and that's your natural flow. So that's another habit, yeah. you guys. You've identified what works for you, and you stick to it. We did an interview with a guy, Armand Morin, and he um, – sorry, I was talking to a good – good, well, one of my best friends, Jermaine Griggs, asked him about it, and he's like, hey, ask him if he's still a vampire or if he lives like the humans. I'm like, what? I asked the guy, and apparently he works till like he try he works until the sun starts to come up, and then he goes to sleep, and he sleeps for four hours, and he gets up, and he works, and he takes a nap in the afternoon, and he gets up, and he works after that, and he just finds that that works for him. That those hours between 1 a.m. and was whenever the sun comes up are like his most productive hours, and that's just what works for him. And luckily, with an online business that he's got, he can do that, right? He's not in an office, so he's not like painting toenails or something. So I think that's a great tip. That's a, no, that's a great tip. So really, really well done. Um, what was the best advice that you think, Phil, you've ever gotten? Do you have any mentors, anyone that ever said anything that really inspired you at a time when you needed to hear it? Um, um, I'm sure there are. I just uh, don't know if anyone comes to mind. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot at all. <laughs> um, well, let me just, just think for a minute. I mean, there's definitely, you know, for example, books that have, um, that have really like, stuck with me and that I try to follow. Um, not just as a one-time thing that I read, but as just something that I constantly do. Um, like, for example, the book, The, the Millionaire Master Plan. Like, I just love that book because no matter what, um, like, what part of your, I guess, uh, journey that you're on, um, it gives you a plan to get to the next step and the next step. And you can pick how high you want to go. Some people want to go all the way to the end. Uh, other people, you know, are fine with, you know, just getting halfway there. Um, so I think that particular book by Roger Hamilton has, has, has been really uh, important for me. Um, also, just uh, the, the book uh, Think and Grow Rich has uh, helped me out a lot and just really helped me with the mindset side of things, which is so important. Um, so as far as mentors, I would say, you know, I, I get most of my mentorship through the books that I read and then going back through when you have challenges just to remember, like, how you want to handle that challenge. Um, that it just helps. Right, 
Right, right, right, right, right. Yeah, okay. I don't know the Millionaire Master Plan, but I'm definitely going to buy it. And then Thinking Grow Rich, that is a timeless classic. Is it? Yeah, I'll I'll. I'll get it. I'll definitely get it. I, again, the book you don't – I tell, I say this to every listener. People are like, you really buy – I really buy all the books because the book you don't own, you can't read, and the book you don't read can't help you. And, you know, for whatever it costs, the 10 15 bucks. I mean, I've, I've made a lot of money off of just a handful of books that, you know, that were really, really, really powerful when I needed them. So, uh, and Think and Grow Rich, that is such a timeless classic. If anyone is listening to this call and you do not own Think and Grow Rich, slap yourself for me right now and just commit to get that book. And that, like what, like what, uh, what Hanina uh, was saying was, you're gonna just dedicate some time every day to continue your learning. You, you got to keep learning, skill set, mindset, and environment. And if you're not learning, you're falling behind. I mean, nah, not to date this call because it's already a few years back, but you know, in 2013, I read an article in McLean's, which is a very big uh, magazine in Canada, where they said that the top 10, or sorry, 2014, I read an article that was saying the top 10 in-demand jobs in 2013 did not exist in 2012. Now, wow. this call is interested in right our own businesses, but exactly, like we have all these schools and education, right, that they're interested in that. And it's, if, again, if you couldn't prepare people for a job, like how do you think that's different for your business, right? Things are changing so quickly. You need to know the principle-based stuff that has been working for centuries, for eons, but you also have to stay on top of the curve. And ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance will hurt you. Ignorance is pain. It is suffering. It is disease. It is what you don't want. And if people want to complain and be like, but it's a lot to do, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I just don't know what to tell you. You can't get out of having to put in a certain amount of energy to escape the gravitational pull of Earth when you want to put a rocket ship into outer space. You cannot escape the amount of effort that it takes if you want to have a really good body at the gym and learning about diet and that. You cannot escape that. So I really liked what you said about just being disciplined and having really good time management skills. And that even Benjamin Franklin, he was a huge proponent for time management. He was just like, that is the biggest secret between the world's most successful and least successful is proper time management skills because if you invest your time wisely, the areas you invest your time will grow. And so many of us yeah. want there's so much time. So really yeah, yeah, it's so, so funny that you say that. Um, there's actually a quote. I, I, I think it was, um, oh, my God, I forget his name, the guy that said it. But, you know, there's 24 hours in a day, right? And mm-hmm. so a billionaire has the same 24 hours that you have, except they're a billionaire. And right. there, there's a reason for that. It's, a lot of it's time management. It's also choices. It's something that you just said right now. People will be like, oh, that's too hard and that takes too much time. Well, that's your choice. You choose to be less than what you could be because you're just too freaking lazy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, there's, there's no other way to put it. Like, if you want to have that perfect body, go work out every day and move more and eat less. I mean, it's, it's very simple. It's, the stuff is not complicated, but if you don't do that, then you're going to continue to get the results that you have and you just have to deal with it. You know, uh, if you want to be successful, feed your mind with the information that it needs. Put in the work that you need to put in. You're going to work more. It's just, it's how it is. I don't know anyone who just, you know, chills on the beach all day and makes millions of dollars. They'll they'll try to sell you that dream, but it's not a reality. You have to put in the work, and you are going to fail, and you're going to want to quit, all that stuff. But the ones that come out on top are the ones that took all the punches and were still strong enough to be standing. And, you know, I really want to speak to that because I think what you said is really important. And I think it, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because, you know, at the beginning of every podcast, at the beginning of every interview, they, people hear about how I have a mission to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. 
And when you're saying that you can't sit on the beach and make millions of dollars, you know, I actually know people that can and do, but you know what? The reason why they make millions of dollars is because that doesn't interest them, if that makes sense. Like, if I snap my fingers and gave anyone on this call Arnold Schwarzenegger's body at his prime, how long would they be able to keep it? How long would they be able to maintain it before it would just decay off of them? And that's the biggest difference, right? And that's the thing is that even if I could snap my fingers and you'd have millions of dollars, you'd be kicking on the beach, it would you would lose it before you knew it because you don't have the habits, you don't have the routine, you don't have the networks, you don't have the infrastructure in your life established, you don't have the relationships, you don't have the connections, you're not providing the value you need to be putting out into the world to maintain that. That's why so many people win the lottery end up bankrupt. People are like, if I won a million dollars, everything would be perfect. No, it would be chaos. It would be stress. Your life would be spiraling out of control because if you don't know how to manage the money, your money, when it's small, you sure as hell don't know how to manage a million dollars. And so the reality is, is a lot of people, when they build up to that, it's like the Olympics. You can't go win an Olympic gold medal and be like, I'm going to give up my sport and take a ping pong. Like, you, that's <laughs> who you are. That's what you do. You do it better than anyone else in the world. You're going to walk away from that? Not a chance. So a lot of people, even when they do get to where they're like, again, I've had calls with some of my friends. Again, one of my friends, he's doing like a quarter of a million a month, you know, and he's complaining about not having a big enough impact on the world. He's not changing enough lives. He's not affecting enough people. He's not helping enough people. He's like complaining like someone that I, you know, that's like stuck in a nine-to-five job. And the reality is, is it's that hunger. It's that desire to be something. And, that, I mean, at the end of the day, you would hate your life. I mean, that's what happens. So many people, they grow old, they retire. And then they just wait to die. Like, what kind of life is that? I mean, I lived in Japan for three years. I know I'm on a bit of a rant. I'll, I'll stop in a second. But I lived in Japan for three years. And one of the things I learned, first of all, they have the longest life expectancy in the world at present. And they've had it for a while. Right. And the other thing I learned is that they also have one of the craziest work schedules in the world. Their average work schedule for the typical, they're called salary man, is 10 hours a day, six days a week. That is like your quote-unquote nine-to-five job. Here in North America, it's nine-to-five Monday to Friday. There, it's 10 hours a day, six days a week. And they believe that having work gives you purpose and meaning in your life and that you can wake up in the morning and have a reason to get up. And I think that's just like what you said. You know, you need to find something you're passionate about, something you love to do. And if you're not sure what that is, then just go out and do stuff. Have fun. It's the adventure. Try a bunch of stuff. Just go try to help people, you know. I mean, that's even how you started this. You were trying to help people with SEO. You know, and you just start trying to reach out and find more people and just do it. And all of a sudden, you hit a vein. And it was just like when someone finds oil, right? They just, it's right. Like, or you find a well. You get a little bit of water. You're like, hey, what's this? You don't go looking for water somewhere else. You dig a bit deeper. And um, so you've given some really, again, I think people listen to this. It's easy to brush over this stuff. It's like, yeah, whatever. I've heard that before. But no, like, this is real. Like, it's not, it's not, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And now you just got to put in the work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and just to go back to one quick point, it's also why so many, for example, like pro athletes too, they'll end up broke because they make all this money during their working years and can't be an athlete forever. Your body, you know, will age. Um, and then, you know, they spend all the money on just being a consumer and this lifestyle, but then you don't invest any of it or you don't, you know, save any of, any of it or take advantage of any of the things that you can do to create wealth and, to pay less taxes because taxes is your biggest expense. Um, so yeah. I've learned that, and I'm just like now. Now I'm like, okay, so that's my biggest expense. But what can we do to minimize this stuff? So, I guess what do you? Well, I guess you already brought it up, but you mentioned that you're doing a course now. Can you talk about this a little bit? 
What are you excited oh, yeah. about? Um, Why, what's new and exciting about this? I know you had the course before. Um, when we originally talked, you had the course, but we didn't want to do an interview because you had some, some, some magic in the works, I guess you could say. You were doing some improvements. You wanted to enhance things. You had some new results for clients. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah. So um, basically what happened with the course, I, I created this course about a year ago um, for the, the, the first round of it. Um, and it did really well. It's just that LinkedIn recently, back in July, August, has made a ton of changes. And we had to completely change the way that we were marketing on LinkedIn because some of the strategies that I was speaking to people, like, literally just don't exist. You cannot do them anymore because mm. of the changes that LinkedIn went through. They've also done a, a complete site redesign. I mean, the messaging is different now. I mean, just so many changes. So I basically just went in and redid all the videos and put in all the all the new things that we've tested and that, that we've been trying out that's working. And that's what I put in the course. And that's why I was like, well, I don't... I don't really want to, you know, promote this course. I don't really want anyone to have it. So I took it off the market for a while until I was able to put in all the all the new strategies uh, that basically explain all the changes and tell you how to still get results, um, even with all the changes that LinkedIn does. And LinkedIn Smith continue to make changes. And so every time they do, I'll just go in there and, and update the content. But basically now what you have is the most up-to-date stuff as of like just even a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So, what's what, what? Like, give us an example. What's something that changed that you could do before that now people would think they might be able to do but can't? Okay. So before you were able to message people in groups for free, and I mean, we had some uh, some some profiles that we were working on uh, for our clients. We were messaging anywhere to two hundred people a day, two hundred fifty people a day, and those were the ones where like really trying to promote webinars and training options. And that was working really well. Well, a lot of people were also doing that. Um, so LinkedIn put a stop to that, and now you can't message group members like that. You can only message 15 group members a month. I mean, we were doing 200 a day. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we figured out ways uh, around that, but it, it took a little bit of time. And... Uh, you know, just things like that, like how can you message people, um, what are the ways with the way the platform works now that you can still get results, uh, and how do you, you know, just deal with their platform, different softwares that you can use as well to, to leverage your time, all that stuff is what we put in there. That's awesome. Well, Hamina, I appreciate you coming in and sharing with us some tools. I, th I really love what you were talking about with the profile, how to optimize it, and how to make sure that it's about uh, the visitor and what it can do for them, using your, your experience section, your case studies, your results, that, and just some little tips and strategies on, you know, just what LinkedIn can even be used for. Um, so thank you for coming and sharing that, as well as some of the principles and the habits that you've used to accomplish the notoriety and the achievements that you've got. Not everyone can boast a minimum 300% ROI for their clients. Not everyone can boast being featured or mentioned on entrepreneur.com or Forbes.com, so that's definitely commendable. Um, and anyone that's on this call, if they are interested in LinkedIn, if that's something, this isn't an affiliate offer whatsoever, uh, way, shape, or form. In fact, all of our guests, just in, I mean, I don't say this on most calls, but all of our guests, it's purely just to connect you with people who I think can benefit the community. Um, so there's no relationship. There's no one that I'm getting a cut of anything that we mentioned uh, on any of the calls. So, but if you are interested in LinkedIn marketing and this is something that you want to go down, uh, past you want to go down, you do need to invest in your education. And if your business is invested in this, I think that the 29, oh wait, the 197 with the Daryl discount, 
Okay, a little pat on the back. Yes. Um, I think it's a well worth it, especially depending, I mean, what are you charging? Probably one client would more than pay for the course back to you. And again, you don't even have to do it yourself. Apparently, it's designed to even hand off to someone that can do it for you. So, uh, Yeah, well, you... Just, um, just to give you an example, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, LinkedIn's like another thing, or what can I do with that? Um, a lot, with LinkedIn, it's not so much quantity of traffic that you get. It's really the quality. Um, mm. so just to kind of bring home that point, um, one of my students who I've actually become pretty good friends with, um, he started using, he started doing this back in March, and uh, called me a couple months ago and was like, oh, my God, this guy that I emailed like six months ago finally responded to me. And said, this guy is not just anybody. This is a person that's like the head of a, um, of a company that um, they own, like, I think it's like 700 or 800 dealers uh, in Canada. And they're looking to have his, his marketing company be, like, the company that they refer to for all their dealers. I mean, so that one deal alone from this right. you know, multimillion-dollar company is, is something that's, like, how else would you connect with that kind of person? So it's that's, that's like, the value when it comes to, like, you connect with people that, like, you otherwise would not have right. access to through your network or through anything else. And deals that you just a lot of times can't even fathom. Mm, mm, mm. I really, I can respect that, and I'd like to just add to that that um, I've had friends that have done six-figure launches with less than, less than 3,000 people. So when you say that it's a quality, not quantity, that is really, really, really true. A lot of people think they have a traffic problem. A lot of people think if I could get another 1,000 people, if I could get in front of a million people, you know, I would be a bazillionaire, even if point zero 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 one percent respond. Guess what? I have seen at least five people get in front of a million people and get a flat-out zero percent response. Most people, and I will put 95% of people, possibly even 98% of people, do not have traffic problems. They have conversion problems. They are not converting yeah. enough leads to customers, and they are not retaining customers long enough. And so I want just to speak to that, that if you think your business needs a bazillion visitors or you need a bazillion leads, you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you that, you know, that can be a flawed model. I mean maybe depending on your situation, if your your sales reps are closing, you know, seven out of ten, okay, maybe then you just need volume eight out of ten, okay, sure. But that just to speak to that, that one deal, one connection, I in fact I know a couple people that's how they've made their millions. They didn't sell ten thousand units, they sold one person who has an audience of 10,000 people who they told to buy. So just something to keep in mind. And once again, I think, what was it? It was wizardmedia.net forward slash Daryl, D-A-R-Y-L. Um, Hemina, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Um, no, I think, uh, I think we covered uh, quite a bit. Okay. Well, then, thank you so much for joining us on this call. Again, for anyone listening, if there was something valuable in here, please share this interview with someone, leave a comment, and definitely, definitely the one thing you have to do is take action because the difference between where you are now and where you want to be are the results you're going to get through taking action. So, Tamina, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today.